Good morning, International Christian Fellowship International. This is Pastor Jennifer, and I want to welcome you to our online service today. It's spring, and that means new life, new growth. God wants to bloom something new in your life. He's going to bring those dreams to life. So as you lean into the service, I want you to enter into worship with our Bridge worship team. I want you to listen to the message, and I want you to take notes. So quick, grab a pen and paper, get ready to take some notes, because the Lord is going to speak to you today. Enjoy the service. Good morning. You can be seated for just a minute. Wow. Hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah? Come on. God is good. God is so good. And so I want you to know this morning that the Lord has something very special for us. Amen. Yes. Thank you to all the influential women in our lives. You know, my mom died when I was 15, but I had so many godly women in my life. I still do. And today, I am very honored and happy that I can introduce to you our Assemblies of God World Missions Southern Europe Area Directors, Joe and Noemi Sabo. Will you, Joe, will you come? And Noemi, will you come as well? Please just come on up here. Noemi and Joe have been stellar leaders and friends and supporters to me. This is an influential woman who took not only me, but my daughters and my grandchildren under her wing last summer. And so, Noemi, if you'd like to greet them this morning, we just are so thankful that you're here. And we're going to get to hear an amazing message from Pastor Joe. I just want to say it's a joy to be here. You know, they said, it, I was so glad when they say unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And the minute I walked in, I could really sense the spirit of the Lord, even yesterday. So it's really a joy to be here with Jennifer, and she is a strong woman of God. <laughs> she is amazing, and I love her. Thank you. Thank we, you. We're praying for you. Thank you so much. Pastor Joe, it's all yours. Okay, good morning, everybody. Buenos dias, buongiorno, guten morgen, ohio kazenimas. It's really great to be here, and... Uh, Happy Mother's Day, I want to say that to my wife, to Pastor Jennifer, to all of you dear women who are mothers, God bless you, and I know that online there are some other mothers and many other people who are listening, welcome to you in this service this morning, this beautiful Sunday, this Mother's Day, in so many parts of the world, and uh, I greet you in the name of the Lord, and I just want to say a big thank you uh, to Pastor Jennifer for allowing Noemi and me the privilege to come and visit your church and to spend some time with her. And uh, we love Pastor Jennifer. We are very thrilled with the way God is using her and how God is blessing your church. We monitor this a little bit from a distance, but we are aware. Uh, my wife and I live in Spain. We live in the beautiful city of Malaga, which is in southern Spain, but we travel all throughout southern Europe, from Portugal, all throughout Spain, Italy, Malta, Greece, Cyprus, and Andorra. And we preach, we share, we encourage our pastors and missionaries, and so really thank you, Pastor Jennifer, for allowing us the privilege of coming and visiting this church. It's been a long time since we've had the chance to visit this church. You were in a different location I don't even remember how many years ago it was that I came, but uh, it's really great to be back. And I want to share some thoughts with you this morning from Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 44. This is one of my life 
verses. This verse that I'm going to share from today describes me and what makes me tick, okay? And so I love to talk about what Jesus has done in me and the discoveries that I have made once I became a Christian and the things that have transformed my life. And so when you hear me preach today, you're hearing my story, okay? And I hope and I pray that it will be your story as well. So I'm in Matthew chapter uh, 13, which is a chapter full of parables, and I'm going to read verse 44. Matthew, I better get over there, Matthew 13, verse 44. Are you ready for the Word of God? Okay, here we go. It's a very short text. Jesus says these words, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Now, some of you have had the good fortune to find treasure. Maybe it was some money. Maybe you inherited something. Uh, possibly uh, you won something, or you just discovered a, a special treasure of some kind, and you could lay claim to it, and it really changed your life. I remember reading a story in a magazine or someplace where there was this guy who used to do rock collecting. Now, not everybody's into collecting stones and rocks, but this guy was. And he uh, collected stones of different colors and shapes and materials, and he would sell them or give them away. It was his hobby. He was not a gemologist. He, he couldn't really tell you the value of anything he found, but he just did it for fun. And one day he found a blue stone that weighed quite a bit. I think it was, uh, I wrote it down here, half a kilo, 500 milligrams. So it was a pretty good sized stone. It was bluish in color. And he just kept it in his closet because he liked it, but nobody else wanted it. So he had it in his closet or under his bed for 18 years. And then one day he showed it to somebody who actually knew something about gems and stones and things like that. And the guy said, I think you have something here that's valuable. And so he went and had it uh, looked at by other experts, and they came to the conclusion that that blue stone that weighed a half a kilo that had been either in his closet or his uh, bedroom under the bed was a sapphire. And this was some years ago, and it was worth about $3 million. And he didn't know that he had had a treasure in his possession all this time. Well, now that you're depressed, because you've never found a sapphire, I'm just teasing, but uh, in this parable, Jesus talks about another kind of treasure. He, he talks about a man who's out in a field, and all of a sudden he comes upon some treasure, something of great value, maybe it was a box of coins, some gold, who knows what it was, but it was a treasure, and he knew that it was worth a lot, and so he said to himself, I really would like to own that treasure, but he's an honest guy. He's walking through a field. Evidently, the field does not belong to him. I don't know what he's doing there. I don't know how he happened to find the treasure. I don't know if he was maybe a workman and plowing in the field with a hoe and, and working or you know with animals and a plow. I don't know. 
But all of a sudden, he comes upon the treasure, and because he's an honest guy, he says to himself, you know, I would like to own the treasure, but because this field is not mine, before I can lay claim to the treasure, I have to own the field. And so Jesus says that in his joy, he went and sold all that he had. You know, that would mean his house, his clothes, his tools, just whatever had any value whatsoever, he sold it, and he somehow got enough money together so he could buy the field. Now, what is this story all about? It's a parable, and the parables have to do with the kingdom of God. Whenever you read a parable, Jesus is teaching you something about the kingdom of God. And so he's teaching us here that the kingdom of God, which is God's activity and rule and presence and power and glory in your life, is a treasure. And you need to appreciate it. And you need to understand that with the treasure comes a wonderful set of benefits and blessings. And it's the greatest treasure anybody could ever find. You know, some people say, well, for me the greatest thing in life would be if I had a million dollars or a million euros in the bank, or if I had a better job. Or some guys might say, well, I, I, if I was married to an Italian supermodel, you know, I'd be happy and it would be a wonderful treasure. Or some lady might say, well, if I was only married to a doctor or a lawyer or somebody like that, well, you know, I'd be happy. I'd have the treasure. Or somebody might say, well, if only people would treat me with a little more respect, I'd be happy. And, you know, we can make a long list of the things that we think are very important and the most important things. But Jesus wants us to know that the greatest treasure is not money, it's not prestige, it's not fame, it's not being married, it's not having kids, it's not having grandkids. You know, you can make your list up. The greatest thing is coming into the kingdom of God and discovering what God has for you. All right, so let me talk to you a little bit about why... I think the kingdom of God is a treasure. And the first reason is this. In the kingdom of God, there's mercy and forgiveness. Now, some of you maybe grew up in the church, and uh, you knew the Lord from a young age, and maybe you didn't get really messed up in the world. And others of you, you did not grow up in the church, and, you know, you got sucked into all kinds of activity. And, you know, if you were to talk about it, you'd probably feel a little embarrassed to admit some of the things you have done. Well, when you come into the kingdom of God, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something happens in your life. You see, God just doesn't <coughs> love you. God wants to transform you. And one of the ways he will transform you is to forgive you and to break the chains that the enemy has put into your life. The chains that keep you bound to sin, the chains that keep you bound to guilt, the chains that keep you bound to uh, unhappiness and sadness. Jesus gives you forgiveness and it's because he died on the cross for your sins. I mean, the Bible says we are forgiven through his blood. When Jesus was on the cross, he paid the price for your sins, for my sins. And so when we put our faith in him, turning from sin and repentance and put our faith in him, there is something miraculous that happens. 
we are forgiven. The sin is forgotten and cleansed from our life. The guilt, the legal guilt that we had because we had broken God's commandments, wiped away, and we stand before God just as though we had never sinned. And to me, if you want my personal opinion, this is the greatest thing about being in the kingdom of God. I am forgiven, and I have received, because of that forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, and I'm on my way to heaven. I know I'm not going to live in this world forever. I'm 61 going on 62. I might have 20 years left, maybe. But I know that this life is not all there is. I have a home in heaven. And Jesus is waiting for me. And it all started because he forgave me. And I would say this is the greatest thing about being a Christian personally. I think Paul might agree. He wrote to uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, now here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who believe on him and receive eternal life. That's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. I remember listening to a Muslim guy who had converted to Christ. He wasn't a Muslim when I heard him. But he had been raised in the Islamic faith. And uh, he kind of felt he was a good guy. He sort of felt like, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right things. I'm pleasing God and everything's okay. And then somehow he came under the awareness the Holy Spirit was working on him. And he became convicted. He heard the gospel. He became convicted that maybe he isn't such a good guy after all. But we could all say the same. You know, maybe there was a time when you thought you were really good and righteous and trying to do all the the things that please God. But if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't discovered the treasure, then you're still in your sin. And he said, this Muslim fellow who converted to Christianity said, I came to discover that there are three things that God was very displeased with in my life. He said, everything I thought, everything I said, and everything I did. But he repented, and he put his faith in Jesus, and now he's walking in forgiveness. He's a new creature in Christ. And I know that sometimes people will ask us, is there really such a big difference between Christians and non-Christians? And yes, there really is a big difference. It's not because I think I'm better than anybody else, or you think you're better than anybody else. No, because we know that we're just sinners saved by grace. But here's the difference. When you're a Christian, you don't have to pretend like you never sinned. You don't have to pretend that you're perfect. You don't have to act like you're better than other people because you know you're not. But because you know Christ, because you have discovered the treasure, you know that you are forgiven. You don't have to live in a dark shadow, hiding away and trying to pretend like you, you never sinned. You know you're a sinner. I know I'm a sinner, but I am forgiven. And for that, I tell you, the kingdom of heaven is an incredible treasure. There's another thing that I would say to you. The kingdom of God is, is a treasure because in the kingdom of God, you find joy. Joy. The Bible says, Jesus put it this way, when the man found his treasure that was hidden in the field, he hid it again. 
because he wanted to buy the field. And in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had. In his joy. Um, somebody might say, oh, wow, what a sacrifice. He had to sell everything to get the field. Oh, he gave up so much. How sad. Now, to have to sell everything you own because you owe a lot of money, yeah, that is sad. To have to sell everything you have because you're going bankrupt, yeah, that's sad. But that's not what's happening here. This guy who found the treasure is selling everything he had, whatever it was, whatever the monetary value was, he's selling it all because he knows he's going to have something much better in return. And that's what happens when you give up your sin, when you give up your selfishness, when you give up your, your own autonomy and you say, I surrender to you, Lord, I accept your forgiveness. Not only do you get forgiveness, you get joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why again and again we read through, throughout the Bible about the joy of the Lord and the capacity that we have as believers to rejoice in the Lord. And it's not based on circumstances because we all know that in this world there's a lot of tough days ahead and there's some pain and there's sorrow, but the joy of the Lord is not based on circumstance. If you're only wanting that which comes from circumstance, then you can be happy once in a while. But if you want something that's deeper than happiness, and you want something that's going to last throughout your life and on into eternity, you only find that in the kingdom of God. And it's one of the things that, for me, makes God's kingdom a wonderful treasure. And I, and I think we need to remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength because, let's face it, uh, if you're the only member of your family that's serving God and you're getting insulted or there's jealousy or ridicule, it can hurt. And sometimes you might say, I wonder if I should keep going on this path with Jesus. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, if you're in business and you own a business, you know that there's a lot of underhanded, dark alley and illegal ways to make money. You know that you can do it if you want. But because you're a Christian, you know, you have to live by a different standard. And sometimes you might see other people getting ahead in the monetary uh, sense of getting ahead, and you're not getting as ahead as they are, but you, what, you know what, the joy of the Lord is your strength, because you have integrity, because you're following the Lord, because you're obeying Him. Or sometimes you're witnessing to somebody, and they're laughing at you, or they're saying, you got, you're out of your mind, I don't know what you're talking about, or you're deceived, or you're brainwashed, you know what, when that happens, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Some people who enter into vocational ministry, they feel the call to be a pastor or an evangelist or a missionary or doing something for the, for the Lord in a full-time way. Sometimes there's some sacrifice and you just wonder, is it really worth it? Remember, you have found the treasure and there is nothing more valuable than the treasure you have found. So when God is asking something of you and he's leading you in a way that you know there's a price tag, just remember... You have forgiveness, you have joy. And there's one other thing I want to mention. Just 
while I have a little time here. And that is, in the kingdom of God, there's purpose. You know, there's a lot of folks who um, don't know the purpose of their life. They, they came into this world, whatever, 15, 20, 50, 80 years ago, and they've been living and doing and trying all kinds of things, but they still don't know the reason why they were born. They don't have a purpose. They're just kind of existing. They're just getting along barely, or maybe they're wealthy. Who knows? But they really don't know why they're on earth. They cannot answer that really important big question, why am I here? And really, until you know Christ, until you discover the treasure, life is just one big experiment. You try this, you try that, you attempt this, you attempt the other, but you're just playing games. When I was in uh, what we call in America high school, I was maybe it was even junior high school, I think I was 14 or 15, I was in a chemistry class. And I don't know if they do it anymore, but in those days, they actually let you fool with chemicals and do experiments. And I was not a Christian, and I was a very uh, mischievous kid. And I got into some trouble, and I remember when the teacher wasn't looking, I'd start mixing chemicals, you know, even though it was not part of the class program. And occasionally there was a poof of smoke or a spark or a little fire. And fortunately, I did not get hurt. Fortunately. But there are a lot of people who are experimenting in this world with all kinds of stuff, and guess what? They're getting hurt. They're getting hurt by drugs, sex addiction. They're getting hurt by greed and envy. They're getting hurt by just all the strange and unfortunate things that happen when people don't walk with the Lord. And to have that sense of purpose and to understand the meaning of your life it doesn't happen until you come into the kingdom of God. You can't figure it out until you know Christ. Now, I do believe that God has a purpose and a plan for each of you, and for me too. And I discovered that, which was God's plan for me when I was 17. I was a rascally teenager growing up in the 70s, and I experimented and tried different things, and I was not a nice guy. I, I was mean to people, and I swore, and I was smoking and drinking and just doing all the crazy things that most teenagers did in those days. And then I came to know Christ as my Lord. I found forgiveness. I found joy. And then something that I was not expecting happened. I was at church one Sunday night. It was a big church in the city of Milwaukee. And I was just at the front of the church praising God and worshiping and seeking the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. I, I didn't hear it in my ear, but I heard it in my head. And he called me to preach the gospel. And I just felt like a bolt of electricity had hit me. I was shaking and trembling and I felt like I was you know, plugged into 220 volts. And I knew from that point on the direction that I was going to go. I was going to preach the word. And I didn't come from a Christian family. There were no other preachers in my, my background that I know of. Yet I knew God had spoken to me. And um, I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He says, um, you know, that we can know 
the perfect good will of God. You know, as we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can come to know the will of God because this is one of the things that God gives to us when we come into the treasure. Years ago, Noemi and I were pastoring a church in Missouri, which is a state in the uh, United States. It was a small church at the time, still is, uh, and we were very poor. And one day, the church folks got it into their heads that they should build us a fireplace and a chimney on the house that we were living in. It was an old house. The church had just bought it, and it was cold. And so they said, we're going to put in a wood stove. And you, So I would go out to the woods, and I would chop wood, and I would haul it back to the house, and I would put it into this wood-burning stove, which would heat the house. And the guys in the church, who were all older than I, I was in my 20s, and they were in their 60s and 70s and 80s, they said, we're going to build you a chimney, Pastor Joe. And I said, guys, are you sure you know how to do this? Because I didn't. It's, oh, Pastor, we've been putting in wood stoves for decades. We know what we're doing. Don't worry. I said, okay, build the chimney. So they built the chimney, and we fired it up. And, uh, you know, the house warmed up real nice. But guess what? We burnt the house down, too. Yeah, the whole house went up in flames. Oh, it, was t- it happened on January 1st, 1985. So, great way to start the new year. So, we were living with one of the neighbors. Non-Christian people, just folks in town. They said to this young couple, us, hey, come and stay with us. you got two small kids. You don't have any place to stay. You can stay with us for a little bit. So, we moved in to our neighbors. And uh, one day, I got, uh, somebody came to visit. It was another pastor from the big city of St. Louis, and he heard about the fire, and he, he came and he said, Joe, come with me because I know you need some new clothes. You don't have anything nice but what you're wearing and you're going to be preaching and all that. So I said, yeah, thank you. And so he took me into St. Louis, which is a big city. He took me to a very exclusive men's clothing store. And he said, Joe, pick out three suits. Any suits you want, I'm going to pay for them. I said, really? So I did. And the tailors were Jewish guys. I think they were Europeans, but they had set up in St. Louis, and they were getting out their tapes and measuring. And, you know, I'm just this young guy. I've never bought anything expensive before like that. And so a few weeks later, I went and picked up the suits, and they were the nicest suits I had ever owned. And still, to this day, I have never bought a nicer suit. They're all worn out now. I mean, I can't wear them. I won't even fit into them, and I'm not that big. But anyway, the unique thing about those suits was that they were form-fitting to me. No other guy could wear them. The the, the tailors had measured my arms, my neck, my chest, my belt, uh, my leg length, and they would only fit me. And when I think of God's plan and purpose and will, I think of one of those tailor-made suits. God knows exactly what's going to fit you. God knows how to use your capacities. God knows what gifts he has put in you. And there is nobody else but you can do this wonderful thing that God created you for. But you don't discover that perfect plan, whatever it is, 
until you come into the kingdom of God. So let me just kind of wind this up by saying, have you found the treasure? Has everybody here in this room, and those of you who might be listening online, have you found this treasure that I'm trying to describe to you? Do you know forgiveness? Do you know joy? Do you know purpose? Do you know that you're going to heaven? If not, then I would like to invite you today to just say, Lord, I'm done living my way, going my way, my path, my life, my sins. I want to turn away from that. That's all that repentance means. It means you turn away, do a 180 degree turn, incline yourself toward God, and then you say, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. And I'm willing to accept this wonderful gift that you offer. When you do, forgiveness comes, joy comes, and purpose comes. Let me just ask if you're here today or you're listening online and you would want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and receive this wonderful treasure, I want you to just slip up your hand and say, Pastor Joe, that's me. Anybody here? God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, it's so simple. Here's what I'm going to do now. I want you to just follow me as I pray out loud. It's a simple prayer, but I want you to pray it in your heart to the Lord and ask Jesus to come into your life and receive the treasure, receive the gift. Would you say these words with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I want the treasure. And I'm tired of living my own life my way. Tired of living my life my way. I know I have not been a success at life. I know I haven't been a success in life. And I have sinned against you. And I have sinned against you. But I, I hear that there is forgiveness being offered to me. But I hear that there is forgiveness being offered. That is good news. That is good news. And so I turn away from my sinful life. And I put my faith in Jesus. And I put my faith in Jesus. Son of God. Son of God. Who died for me at the cross. Who died for me at the cross. And rose again. And rose again. And ascended to heaven. And ascended into heaven. And now is speaking to my heart. And now is speaking to my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. And wash away my sins. And wash away my sins. And give me forgiveness. And give me joy. And give me joy. And give me purpose. And give me purpose. And I ask it in your name. I ask this in your name. In your name, amen. 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 Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. You know, there is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. And I praise God for each and every one of you, and I want to encourage you to keep serving the Lord. Don't let anything that happens in this life, as discouraging as it may come, dissuade you from following Jesus, turn you away from the path that you're now on, and rob you of the joy and the purpose that he has for you. God bless you. We love you. And may he continue to bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the service and to the Word of God. And this is a moment now when I am so thankful to have the opportunity to pray with you. And I want to encourage you that 
Maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you believe of Jesus. But right now, you want to invite Jesus to be the Lord over every circumstance in your life. So I want to pray with you. Now I want you to say the prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life. Fill every part of my heart and my life with your love and with your power. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. Forgive me for the things I've done that were wrong and help me to believe and to walk with you every day of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for making me completely convinced that you love me and you're with me. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to pray with you for any circumstance. So you can email us, you can write us, you can let us know praise reports. But today, I also want to say to you, the Lord knows those things that are weighing heavy on your heart. And so I want to pray a prayer of blessing and protection over you for this week, healing for whatever thing might be troubling you. Lord, I pray right now for your miracle working power. You know the one who is watching on another continent, in another city, at home because they're not well. And God, right now, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your healing virtue would flow into every circumstance that needs healing. God, that your provision, you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide peace and finances and jobs and contracts right now. I pray that faith would come alive, that those things that this week have tried to discourage, Lord, I ask you that you would lift up the heart today. You would encourage the heart and let this one know that I am with you, says the Lord. I am working on the circumstance even behind the scenes. Trust me, says the Lord. Wait on me and see the miracle working power I will do for your life and for your family. Lord, we thank you. We trust you and we declare the victory in Jesus mighty name. Amen. I praise God for what he's doing among us. We're getting ready for summer kids camp and spring kids festival. I want to thank you for your online giving. I want to uh, thank you for investing in the work of the kingdom. I ask you if you enjoy the service, share these videos with someone else. We are making a great impact around the world and we're getting testimonies every week of life change that is happening. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a fantastic week. It's spring. It's time to celebrate.